Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. It is always a pleasure to have my colleague Chaya Singer as a guest on the show. Chaya is the diplomatic and parliamentary liaison for the Jewish Board of Deputies. She has recently returned from a unique interfaith dialogue held in Nigeria. The only Jew to participate, it was an eye-opening experience for her, and she joins me in a moment to tell me why. As always, you're welcome to join in the conversation. You can do so by tweeting me at FM. You can SMS me on 34519. And, of course, you can WhatsApp me on 061-895-1019. The King Abdullah bin Abdul Aziz International Center for Interreligious and Intercultural Dialogue, henceforth referred to as Kaiser, is an intergovernment organization to promote interreligious dialogue and to prevent and resolve conflict. The first African-based meeting of the organization took place in Nigeria last month, and my colleague, Chaya Singer, was one of the participants. She joins me to tell me more. Chaya, welcome, and thank you for joining me. Hi, Shiri. Such a pleasure to be here. Do I have to say it's not without sacrifice. I had to step out of the SADC caucus meeting at the Pan-African Parliament, um, where they were doing nominations for elections for the SADC region over there. And just as I'd walked out, the chairperson had been, had been elected. Um, it, it was the former spokesperson of the Parliament of Lesotho. Um, and the other candidate who was from Malawi stepped down in, and said, you know, in, in, uh, in an effort for, for unity and for gender promotion, he'd like to step down and allow, um, the speaker to take the position, so she was nominated as as the chair for the now for the SADC region in uh, in the Pan African Parliament, and they were about to start doing the other nominations, and I was just waiting to see where South Africa is going to stand on this. So we have a formidable delegation there. The president, the newly elected, well re-elected incumbent president um, of the Pan African Parliament, um, Koda Dung, was re-elected last night. Um, there was two um, other other candidates for the presidential position from Egypt and from Zimbabwe, but the presidential the president uh, re-won this nomination, Akodadang, by a vast majority. And uh, the South African delegation, which is now really, I mean, we have the chairperson of our NCOP, Tanti Modisa, we have Toko Didiza, Julius Malema, Mandela Mandela, Santosh Kalyan, who's a veteran there. They, I mean, they have been standing up, holding this Pan-African Parliament to account. The chairman um, came in, the, sorry, the president came into our meeting a little bit before the elections took place. So it was a bit delayed. So unfortunately, I had to leave just in the crux of that. But um, the president came in and our delegation was demanding. They wanted see the finances. They want to see the reports. They want to understand what is the status of this Pan-African Parliament. They were not going easy on him. And just to see our South African delegates demanding this accountability from a Pan-African Parliament for in a regional context to see this, really the caliber of our delegation. It was just, I was so proud to be a South African. Well, that is an, a wonderful introduction, Chaya, and I'm particularly then grateful for you for schlepping out here back <laughs> to do this interview. Um, but we will return maybe to that um, Pan-African Parliament and the charmed life that you lead, kind of rubbing shoulders with the who's who and both South Africa, SADC and, of course, in the international arena. But we have to take a break. So after the break, we'll return to some of your glamorous life. She's high. She's high. FM. The tweets you can understand. www.highfm.com forward slash Twitter. Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. 
And I'm talking to my colleague, Chaya Singer, who was just telling me a little bit about um, where she's just been. And Chaya, of course, you, you travel South Africa, you travel, but it was the first time you've ever been to Nigeria. What was it like? Well, Nigeria is huge. There are 190 million people estimated, and in the next 30 years, they're expecting they're going to be 300 million people living in Nigeria. I was only in Abuja, and unfortunately, um, due to the precarious security situation and other concerns, I was pretty much confined to the hotel for all 11 days. Um, but I mean, it, it was it was fascinating. It's always um, it's always exciting to be able to to go out of South Africa and understand, you know, um, African politics, regional politics in a broader context. Um, it it was just it was really eye opening. I mean, just like some of the you know you can't brush your teeth with the tap water. <laughs> what I was told, and I had to get a whole lot of immunizations before I went. But the landscape is open and beautiful, and the people were very friendly. Um, although you know most of you know it was mostly the people in the confines of the hotels or the places that we went. But um, it was it was really a wonderful experience. What was the conference about and who hosted it? Okay, so Kaisid is um, the King Abdullah bin Abdulaziz International Center for Interreligious and Intercultural Dialogue. Um, it was set up in 2012 by the King of Saudi Arabia and the Spanish and Viennese governments, the Austrian, sorry, the Austrian governments, um, and overseen by the Holy See, so the Vatican. And it was an idea of, of an intergovernmental organization that was set up to try and educate people to prevent and resolve conflict. And this has been going now. Um, our own Rabbi Rosen um, has been um, very instrumental um, as a Jewish representative. Um, they bring all faiths together to, to facilitate these, um, these uh, workshops. And this was the first African regional conference. So I was very um, thrilled to be um, to be um, nominated by Rabbi Rosen and Anne Harris to be able to participate, um, and it was it's they look primarily for um, educators or people working in communal spaces, grassroots level um, kind of projects where they can really affect change on the ground. Um, it was mostly for participants. Um, they asked, you know, preferred under the age of forty, and um, it was so there were a lot of lecturers, there were a lot of teachers, there were a lot of program coordinators, facilitators. I was just. I mean the the caliber of the of the other people who were there. I just learned so much from from you know from the way they interact with these very real issues. Um, for example, I mean we had a woman from who's working in the north of Nigeria who had seen a, a young girl you know a, a sui- sent as a suicide bomber blown up. Um, we had seen you know people from various different regions in Kenya. They have the issues of Al Shabab in Nigeria. There's um, you know. Uh, um, so I mean, there's 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 quite a there's quite a lot of um, friction between you know Christians and Muslims there, um, to the point that uh, you know we were advised at various times not to leave the hotel because of the clashes that were going on outside. With um, there were there were local Shias group clashing with police. Um, there were peaceful protests, but there was just concern. Also, there's risks of kidnappings and those kind of things. So unfortunately. Our religious site visits were all cancelled, so we weren't able to go and see the religious sites there. But um, I mean, we had representatives from so many different African countries, from the Central African Republic. We had three Muslims and three Christians who were meeting here at this conference for the first time, explaining their sides of the conflict there. We had from Chad, from Ghana, Uganda, Kenya, Nigeria, Zimbabwe, Tanzania. And I was so proud to be able to represent South Africa. Chai, you were also the only Jewish representative. And I imagine at a conference like this, I mean, Africa is huge. And each country has its own challenges. What were the kind of uniting factors that people came behind and said, this is what we need to solve? 
Well, I mean, what was really eye-opening for me was to understand how unique the problems in South Africa are um, in, within a regional context. Like, I was really surprised. For us, you know, my time I spent in Parliament and um, just, you know, as a, as a member of the Jewish community and our concerns as a minority community here, um, the tensions are, are so racially motivated over here. It's less, um, you know, while, you know, the Jewish Board of Deputies, our main mandate is to monitor anti-Semitism and, you know, protect the civil and religious rights of the Jewish community. Just in a broader context, you know, our, we have a country with such, you know, such a, you know, a rainbow nation constitution that really protects our religious rights and freedoms. Um, in other countries, the conflict is really religious based mm. and race is not really an, an issue, issue of contention. And I mean, it's just become so difficult. Like, like in the, the past, just even over the past, you know, few months, sitting in, in parliament, in our South African parliament there in the gallery and hearing the tone of how racialized it's become, all these debates around, around land, around the listeriosis outbreak, around comments around HIV, things that then become so racially, um, the rhetoric hey, Josh, has yeah. become so uncomfortable that, you know, sitting there just as a white person in the audience, you can't, pre- you know, it's very difficult to find yourself being somewhat objective on the nuance of the argument because it becomes so so Race, racialized. Yeah. And just then to find that in a broader context in other, other African countries, because there aren't large white populations or, um, you know, that it, it's not really the issue. The issue then becomes about, it becomes much more, um, much more, you know, in, in terms of, you know, um, a c- cultural tribal kind of um, indigenous mm. conflict and then religious based. So, I mean, it was very interesting also, say some of the participants from, from Nigeria, we had one, he's part of a minority tribe, so he's marginalized for being a minority tribe, but because the majority of that tribe is Christian, he's Muslim, he's marginalized even, even within his own marginalized Society. society and likewise there was another one from you know from a, a, a more of a muslim sector and and he's christian and for a lot of these people what they said is the only space they really have to work is in a peace building kind of a space of religious tolerance religious dialogue because they themselves are just so marginalized that they don't have a voice in their own country so whether they are working in politics or whether they are working in in education i mean towards the the end we had um one of our, our part, one of our participants he, he's from chad and he he's a um, a very respected uh, lecturer and teacher there and he showed us a picture of his classroom it just he showed me on on his phone and i was just i mean there was standing room only but to see the kind of people who he was talking to you know, it's a lot of women in niqab and a lot of, you know, mixed audiences there. And I just realized the scope of what this project, the outreach of this project, having participants, there was um, there was a, a sister, a nun there who came from from Uganda. And, you know, it was my first opportunity to interact with 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 a nun to understand, you know, all the life choices she had made, the restrictions on her life, the privileges of her um, and, and just such a wonderful person. And it was just there was so much insight into, you know, the the kind of the environments that everybody operates in. And here we were all coming together, trying to be united by these uh, these founding principles of what is interreligious dialogue, what is this idea of getting beyond the, the stereotypes and the prejudices and understanding that any one person comes with multiple identities. And that's why being the only Jewish, you know, I was the first, for many of them, I was the first Jewish person they've ever met. And, um, you know, I felt a, a, quite a weight of responsibility because, you know, I, I come just as myself and... Um, but, but, you know, by the end of the conference, what I could say to them, and everybody was on the same page when we were going around and saying our experience of it, that one of my fears coming in was that I wouldn't be able to adequately represent, you know, our whole religion <laughs> and that, you know, something I would say might, you know, offend somebody or somebody might take. And then that's their experience of a Jew yeah. or, you know, and yeah. or a South African in this yeah. case or a white person or whatever it is. But by the end, I think we were all on that same page of understanding that 
anybody brings so many identities with them that nobody is like, you know, one single. And that's a way of, of them trying to find points of commonality. And by the end of it, we were all really good friends and we had all learned so much from each other. And all those, I mean, even like profound language barriers of French and English, you know, we had found a way to just really unite as a group. And that was a really meaningful kind of experience. Well, I'm absolutely delighted that you are our Jewish face because uh, I think you're very competent and uh, capable of understanding Judaism from a whole bunch of different perspectives. So I'm very appreciative also that that you were identified and chosen, that you did represent us, Chaya. But um, in our last remaining minutes, um, could you, maybe now that you've just come back from the Pan-African Parliament and you've experienced nationalism within Nigeria, I mean, within Africa, what role do you think the PAP has to play and South Africa has to play on the African continent? One minute. <laughs> okay, well, just in a nutshell, I have to say, I couldn't be prouder to be South African, especially just to take, you know, because I, I just on a limited time, just to hear from, there were only five other female participants on this group, and to hear the challenges that women face in other African countries where there's just no opportunity for advancement. And it just it's something I take for granted as a South African, that I've never found that being a woman stands in my way to, to do anything. I can run for anything, I can be anything, and being a woman is not, is not the main the main the issue. Defining issue, yeah. Yes. And then, and then to see that, you know, um, uh, I have to just say, I mean, our, our member of parliament, Sandy, um, Kalyan stood up and she really spoke out so strongly on behalf of women's rights in this pan-African parliament. She was there chairing the election panel. She sits on the rules committee and people around us. She just commands such respect. And likewise to our other delegates, you know, our Tandi Modisa, our Toko Didiza. I really think that South Africa has a lot to offer in terms of, of accountability, in terms of infrastructure, in terms of, of religious freedoms, um, gender freedom, gen- gender rights, equality. Um, and uh, I think South Africa is, is playing a more meaningful role, has come into the Pan-African Parliament demanding accountability. And I think um, we wait to see now what our new members are going to bring to the table over there. Well, Chai, um, the reason I got you in today is because you're often not in Joburg at all. So I'm pleased both that you came into the studio. I'm sorry that I disrupted your conference, but it's really lovely to have you in studio and um, see you in Joburg because I know you do amazing work in Parliament as well. So thank you and good luck. Thank you so much. I just wish I had more opportunity <laughs> to be able to tell. You know, every day is just so exciting I and I just wish there was more so opportunity back, to report back to like the community <laughs> on what's going on. But, um, you know, the Board of Deputies is always working behind the scenes to make sure that, you know, that our freedoms as a Jewish community are protected and that we have this wonderful Jewish quality of life in South Africa. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chaya. Thanks, Ruth.